Welcome to the teaching podcast of Calvary San Juan. Today, Pastor Greg picks up in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16, in a message entitled, Love Flows. Father, I pray right now that you would help me get out of the way, Lord. That your spirit would come and minister to all of us. That would give us a, a glimpse of your love, Lord. The, the size, the depth, the power that comes from, from the love of God, Lord. I pray now that your spirit come and just minister to us, minister to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this section, like I said, this section is, it's a repeat of the last two chapters. Um, if you look at 1 John 2.10 and 1 John 3.10, both of them say, if you love God, you'll love other people. And if you don't love other people, you don't love God. It, it, I think Joe, Joe last week said it's, it breaks it down into the saints and the ain'ts, right? And, and here he's just progressing through this again and showing us really the meaning of life. Like, the love of God is that important. He's repeating himself because, well, good speakers repeat themselves. Good speakers repeat themselves. <laughs> right? Uh, a joke that, that uh, my wife loves is, why, why do wives use twice as many words as husbands? Because they always have to repeat themselves. Right? And, and in this, John is repeating because he, he wants us to get it. Like, this is John, the, the disciple, that, that he, he says that Jesus loved him most. Like, he's the, the, the disciple that was loved. So if anyone knows the topic of the love of God, it's him. He's like 100 years old here. He's coming with, with a depth of knowledge that none of us have because we didn't hang out with Jesus those three years. But it is available. Like the amount of love that God had for John is available to us. And that's why he's repeating this over and over again because he so desperately wants us to get it because he knows that if we get this, that the world is going to see something that it's never seen before since Jesus was here. And that's, that's a love from, directly from God. It's not, it's not the fake love, right? It's, it's the real deal. And, and John wants us to get it. That's why he's repeating himself. I mean, the Bible tells us all over the place to love different types of people, right? I mean, it tells us to love God. But to love, you have to, you have, to have a source of that love, like this... You can't give something that you don't have, right? When I fight with my wife, it's really hard for me to love her. Like, I, I'm just being honest here. It's, when I'm mad, I don't want to forgive. Are you kidding? I want her to feel the pain. But that's not, that's not love. You have to have something to give something. And so here, we, we see, for instance, like I said, the Bible tells us that we're to love God. What does that look like? Where do we get that type of love? Because... Loving God isn't the same as loving pizza or bacon, right? It's God made the animals that, that we harvested and the plants that we harvested to make pizza and bacon. Like, he's bigger than that. So where do we get that kind of love? 
Uh, the Bible says that we're supposed to love one another. What does that look like? Like, where do we get the love that we're supposed to have for these other people? And it's not the hippie love, right? It's not that type of love. It's not the superficial love. It's, it's a love that will, that's sacrificial, um, that, that would lay down a life for him, that, that would give things up for, that doesn't think about your own needs, that you're thinking about other people's needs. And, and he says to do that for, for others. Um, in, in Deuteronomy and in Leviticus, it says we're to love strangers. Like, what does that, we weren't even supposed to talk to them when we were little, and now we're supposed to love them? Like, where do we get the love to do that? And then it says, love your enemy. I don't want to. Like, I don't want to love them. When They're an enemy for a reason, right? Where do we get love to do that? And today, that's what John's going to focus on in the beginning of, this, of these verses. He's going to tell us where to go to get an inexhaustible supply of love. So, we're already there, but in verse 7, it starts, Beloved, right? Beloved. Oh, dang it. I don't want to start changing my notes right now, right? Beloved. He, he's telling you that you're loved. Like, everyone here, no matter where you're at, no matter what you do, you are loved by God. Like, God desperately loves you. So much, in fact, that he pursues us no matter where we go. I've been some, some deep, dark places. Some of you are like, well, the worst I did was, you know, I stole candy or a cookie from the jar. That's, that's still bad, right? Because you knew it was wrong and you did it anyway. Everybody here does that. Everybody here steals a different type of cookie from the cookie jar. It's, it, it's our sin nature. And yet, while we're there stealing cookies, God is trying to steal us back. He's pursuing us. He's going after us so that we can, can feel the love that he has for us. So it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not lo love does not know God, for God is love. It's really important here for us as we're looking at these um, that we understand love as being non-sacrificial, but at the same time understanding that we all have an innate desire to be loved. Like everyone here wants to be loved. If babies aren't held and nurtured when they're little, they die. So you need love. Like, it's, it's not taboo. I hate, what's the term that you use, Joe? Um, Rom-coms. Hate them, right? Worst, worst show on TV, right? But I watch them with my wife. <laughs> I'll admit it, right? I watch it, and, and, and all of those, the, the humor that's around it is playing on our need to be loved by others, well, here's the deal. If we don't source our love properly, if the source isn't God, 
well, then we're going to be skewed. The first point I have is that love flows from God. Like, that's where we go to get, God, to, to get love. Because if you don't, then you'll like that country song, look for love in all the wrong places. Like, because our need for love is so strong, we'll apply that to other human beings, this godlike responsibility to give us love whether it's a spouse, a child, a relationship, a a parent, you'll put this on someone that can't handle the amount of love required to satisfy your need. You'll want to be loved perfectly, continually, and unconditionally, and there's nobody here on this planet today that can do that except for Jesus and, and, and God. Everybody else falls short and, and that's why we have marriages that fall apart. That's why we have children that go astray from their parents. It's why we have uh, friendships that dissolve. I, sorry for the pause, but it, I, before I was saved, because of, of my doings, I just had my friend's friendship where I, I did, I, I, I looked to him, I looked past him to his wife. And it, and it not only did it dissolve our friendship, it dissolved his marriage. It, it crumbled everything. And it was because my focus for, for love was skewed. It wasn't right. It was, my sourcing wasn't, I mean, I wasn't even close to being saved at that point, guys. I was still in my, my one time of doing drugs that lasted nine years, right? Like, not that that's an excuse, because it's not. Even in that, I was looking, I was looking to drugs for love, right? I was looking to feel good, to, 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 to be okay, to be numbed, to, you, you call, call it whatever you want, but I was looking in the wrong place. I was sourcing the wrong source. The source is God. And if we don't get our love from God, we will get it for someone, from somewhere else. If, if we don't get our love from God, we will go someplace else for it. Parents, if we don't teach our kids where the love of God comes, or what the love of God is, and to source from there, then come puberty... I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough either way. Who am I kidding, right? Come puberty, it's going to be tough, period. But if you haven't at least laid down some foundations for the love of God and where that is and what it does and what it looks like and, and how, to, how to measure, right? If you haven't spent that time with them, well, it's going to be even harder than it needs to be. So, knowing that, that we need to source proper, properly, to kind of finish up this point, I just have a couple of questions. Who or what do you sacrifice for? Who'd, whose opinion or, or emotions or feelings, whatever words you want to put in there, do you consider? And who do you give time and resources to? Those are the people and things that you love. 
those are the places that you're going as your source for love. And I, church body, if we can line this up so that one of those, because we all have, it's like this long of those things, right? But if we could just get one of those closer to the top and it be God, then Jesus' power will be unleashed at a whole different level. Like, when it's talking about um, the fruit of the Spirit, it says that, that the fruit of the Spirit, which starts with love, conquers, is bigger than the law, even. Like, it's not then a set of rules because you're not doing things because you shouldn't do them. You're doing them because you don't want to do them. Like, I don't have to tell myself not to go buy cocaine. I just don't have to do it. Like, I don't want to do it. But 15 years ago, I'd wake up in the morning, I'm never going to do that again. And then that night, I'd be doing it again. And then I'd wake up in the morning, I'll never do that. I feel awful. This is the stupidest thing ever. My, guy, my buddy would call, hey, you want to go out? Let's do it. Right? But now, I don't have even remotely the desire to go do that. Because I love God and the things that he's done for me have been mind-blowing and life-changing to the point where I don't desire that. It's not because I don't, it's on a list that I can't do. Because I have a list of things that I can't do that I still do anyway. Right? So, that it's the list that won't work. And we can get past all of that if we source our love from God. And that's why John is repeating himself, because he wants us to get this. He wants us to know that not only is there a source for the love, but because of that source, it's righted something that we can't right ourselves. And that brings us to the second point, that love flows through Jesus' cross. The cross where Jesus died for our sins, like each one of us individually. We say sins, and we think, oh yeah, all of them in the whole world. And it, he did. He died for all of those. But if we take it to a personal level and remember those individual sins, not, not to be condemned, but to understand how freeing it is to not, to not desire to do cocaine anymore. Right? To... to to not desire another man's wife, right? Like, it's life-changing. It's life-changing for you to know yourself to be one way. Like, like the lady um, Mary in The Chosen. She's like, I don't know what happened. I was one way, and then he came, and I was another way. That, that's the love of God, Cool story real quick before I get into this. He, he mentioned Kate Prem, uh, Pemberton, right? Her husband just passed away. Last week, we had a guy call in, and, and, and he couldn't get out of the house. He wanted a gallon of milk, right? And so Joe's like, okay, yeah, we can go get the milk. He was driving. He's from Texas, and he drives really good in the snow. I'm just saying. <laughs> Hispanic from Texas drives amazing in the snow. Um, so, he, was that racist? He, 
We can edit it out, right? So, I I asked Joe. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I asked Joe, can, can we, you know, drop off a gallon of milk? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And we can drop by and see Kate. I was like, that's awesome. So we go to the store first. We pick up the gallon of milk. We get out to Kate's house, right? And this woman just lost her husband, right? She's mourning. But it's, it's an amazing mourning. Like, like, she's looking forward to the things that Jesus is going to do in her life, even though her husband is no longer with her. Because she knows he's taken care of. He's not hurting anymore. He's, he's in a much better place, not to use like a, a common saying, but he's in a much better place, and she has comfort in that. She still misses him. So we get there, and she's like, oh, you guys are awesome. But if I would have known you were coming, I would have had you stop and get a gallon of milk. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? God loves you so much, he brought it already. Like, we didn't bring it for her. I was like, I'll go get you the milk. I went out to the car, and I was just blown away. And then I shared it with the guy that asked me to get the milk. I was like, I just want you to know that I know sometimes it's hard to ask for favors. But just know that your favor loved on a widow. Like, because you asked us, we had milk. She asked for it. We're like, yeah, we got milk. And we went and picked up another gallon. It was amazing. I, I was front row seat, and I didn't even do any. All I did was buy a gallon of milk, guys. Sometimes experiencing God's love just means you buy a gallon of milk. That's all you got to do, right? Hear the word of God and do what it says, right? So, so now we're going to get into a, the, the cross, especially this word. There's a word here that's, that's used that I don't think I've ever used it outside of reading it in the Bible. It was one of those $100 Christian words that I had no clue what it meant. I just read over it, and I tried to, tried to put it in context, and I tried to look it up on Wikipedia. But propitiation, like what does that word mean? Because it says in the verses here, in 9 through 10, in this the love of God was manifest towards us, that God has sent his, his it, mine says only begotten son. You could also it, put in one and only son, right? Very unique. Into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. The cross shows us that God loved us first. Like it it says that even while we were in our sins, in our trespasses, right? God loved us first. And here the cross is a, a symbol of that. So what does propitiation mean? Because it seems like an important word. When you read through it, where it's put in the sentence, it seems important. So, so what does it mean? And so Wikipedia will tell you that it means that you have a right, a wrong, I'm, this is the GMV version, the Greg Moses version, but that you're in wrong standing with a deity and propitiation happens and now you're in right standing. But the word picture here for propitiation goes way back to the Old Testament. Once a year, the Jews would have to go in on Yom Kippur, right? The the Day of Atonement. 
And they would have to ritually cleanse themselves, like take a special bath. Like, think of uh, the disinfectant soap that we use for our hands, whole body, and the clothes, right? Get completely disinfected. Then they put on this special garment because they were going to go into this very small place called the Holiest of Holies. It's the place where God's manifestation on, on earth was at they would go through this curtain that was 18 inches thick, right? That same curtain is the one that got rent, ripped from the top to the bottom when Jesus died. They would go through that curtain, and they had little bells on their shawl so that while they were moving behind the curtain, because they, the they were the only one that took the special bath, so they were the only one that could go into the special room, right? And they would go in, and you would hear, jing, 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 as they took steps, why? Because if the bells stopped, there was a rope tied around their, their waist. They died because they weren't richly clean. There was something in their life that they hadn't given over, and they'd have to get pulled back out. The idea is God's holy, and if, if you're not holy, you can't dwell near him. It would, um, there's a, there's a, a video by the Bible Project that, that compares God's holiness to the sun, Right? And that the sun is amazing, right? Who here loves the sun, right? We don't get it a lot this time of year, but we love it. But if you get too close to it, what happens? You burn up. It's so hot that it burns you up. The same thing happens if you're in the presence of God without being holy, set apart for him. And, and we had a real problem before Jesus because not one of us here could make ourselves holy. The Jews, year after year, the reason that Yom Kippur happens yearly is because after a year went by, they knew that, that the blood that they'd sprinkled was no longer cleansing them because between that point and this point, they'd done some dastardly deeds. They'd done things that were contrary to God's law, so they had to do it again. And they had to do it again. But when Jesus came, they didn't have to anymore. Because Jesus' death, it cleansed it once and for all. So this idea of propitiation actually is on that day of Yom Kippur, when the, when the priest went into the holiest of holies, he would sprinkle blood on the top of the ark, which, which is called the mercy seat. But before the blood was sprinkled, it was a judgment seat. It was a seat where, where, where if you sat on it without that blunt blood to cleanse away the sin, you would be judged for your sins. But because you placed your trust on that animal and that animal was killed for your sins, you could enter and have communion with God. And so this propitiation, this, this death that Jesus died it clears up a lot of problems that we had as human beings, right? Namely, sin, right? Because God's holy and he has wrath. You don't, you don't even have to only read the Old Testament. People are like, oh yeah, I read the Old Testament. It, it's in the New Testament too. Look in Romans. Romans says that his wrath is poured out on us by letting us do whatever we want. I mean, that's a GMV again, right? But that's, that's how you can do, we can do whatever we want, right? But they have consequences. 
eternal consequences. And Jesus' cross writes those. When he died on that cross, he became a substitute for all of us in this room. His substitutionary death. He died the, di- the death that we did not want to, nor did we desire. We were, we were running from God. We weren't pursuing. God pursued us. Jesus died for us. And then we said, oh, that's how much he loves us. And that love poured out from the cross. And that's what we're talking about here in these verses is the love that poured out from Jesus on the cross that, that really made us right with God, made us be able to hang out with the one true God that created it all. And not only did he do that, he came into us. He dwells in us. And being in us, he can give us love. He can give us his love that we can then pour out on others. We're not supposed to just take the love of God and say, mine, right? Gollum, my precious. No, 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 no. That's not what God wants. God gives us the love so that we can love others. And that's, that's the third point. What are we doing on time? Whoa, dude. Our love for God flows through us to others. We cannot be a well that just tries to store up love for a long time and not give any out, right? No Ebenezer Scrooge love mongers. So, starting in verse 11 now. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected in us. Notice how that starts out. It says, no one's ever seen God. But it doesn't stop there. I think what this is saying is no one has seen God, but when God in you manifests it itself as love to others, others can see God. Other people see the God of the universe in the love that we have for each other here in the church and for people outside the church walls. It's, it's okay for us to go out and love on people. This, this place that we're at right here, Friday Harbor, right? God desperately wants to love on our community. He wants the people here to know who Jesus is. That's why we're here so that we can tell people about Jesus. But we can't do that if we don't source our love properly. If we're doing this because we want people to see us and think that we're good people, we're not. Apart from Jesus Christ, we're filthy sinners. I know this because I, I, I've done it. I've, I've watched myself say holy things from the pulpit on Sunday and walk home and do unholy things to my son in anger, right? Not, not beat him. All right, don't, don't go that far with it. <laughs> but, but just lash out in anger, you know? That's, that's not okay. It's not representing God right. So what do you do in those situations? Well, the way I do it, I just say, dude, dad sucks. 
He blows it a lot. Sorry, I'm your dad. But good news is you have another father up in heaven that doesn't blow it ever. Like no matter what I represent down here, when we're reading our Bible, we can see how God loves. When you're reading your Bible, you can see how God loves. That is how we, we source out our love. And then as we're seeing these things happen in the Bible, and we're like, wow, this is amazing. And then we're seeing it happen when, when we go to a widow's house, and we're like, wow, that's amazing. But that's all God, and he wants that not just to be for us. He wants us to take it out into the world so that the whole world knows. That's the last commandment he gave. The last thing that Jesus said before he went up to prepare the mansion was take this out to everybody in the whole world. So that, that's what the love will do. When we love God, that is what love will do. So, the conclusion, if I love God, I'll love people with the love God has for me. It's an internal indicator. Anyone here ever wonder if they're really saved? I did. It was my, it was my first big question. Like, am I really saved? I know, that, I know that I give the lip service and, you know, I go into church on Sunday, every Sunday, sometimes twice because I lived off island, so there were multiple services. I went to like two or three Bible studies, right? And I was, I was taking care of widows. I was doing all of these things things. But am I really saved? Like, am I doing those because I'm, I'm supposed to do them? Because that's what Christians do? Or am I doing them because God's love is in me and God loves them through me? Like, why? The, the, that last part I, I didn't know yet. And I remember searching through the scriptures. And now, I mean, this is a big book. The odds that you're going to land on the answer quickly not so good, right? Like, it took me a while. Partly, too, I went to public school. So, as I'm reading through my Bible, I remember getting to 1 John in this very passage. And it was while I was home yesterday preparing this message that I remember that this, these verses were the verses to let me know. To let me know if I am really saved. Because if I'm really saved, then I have to look internally. People, we can fake it to the people on the outside. Everyone here is adept at faking it, right? But you can't, don't fake yourself. Look inside and examine. Are you really loving people or are you using people? Are you using people to get what you want? Or are you loving people so that they can see God? That's, that's the indicator right there in, for me. And I was like, wow. So I have to love them without any motive. I'm a salesman. That's hard. Right? Like, that's really hard. I always have a motive. But that's the challenge for us. It's an internal challenge. I want you guys to go home and, and, and ask yourself, right? Look in the mirror, if you will, the spiritual mirror with Jesus right here, and then your reflection, line it up and say, am I really loving people or am I using people? Because if you're using people, that's, that's, that's going to happen. Some of us here right now are using people. It's going to happen, but it doesn't have to stay that way. 
You cannot use people simply by getting into your word, coming to, to fellowship. Come to Wednesday night, Joe was talking about our Wednesday night group. If you guys come, one thing, we sing songs to Jesus right off the bat. We love singing songs to Jesus. They're old songs. Mr. Steve's leading them, so they're older songs. I had to learn a bunch. I didn't know any of them. And then we get into a time of prayer, and our prayer time is probably half the time where we're getting in and we're praying for each other because I believe that that is an important aspect. This is a God that created everything, and he gives us the okay to ask him for stuff, right? Like when stuff is hard, ask God, go to God. When you don't understand why the government's the way it is, ask God, don't complain to others, right? When you don't want to wear a mask or you do want everybody to wear a mask, take it to God, right? Don't complain to others. Complaining between, these two people can't fix anything. These people can, right? If we align ourselves with God, we can do so much more, guys. So I'm not going to, I'm going to quit preaching to the choir. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so, so much for this day, Lord. And I pray now that your love would go out, Lord, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and that the indwelling of that Spirit would identify places, spiritual blind spots that we have so that we could know and love you more so that we could love others more. Lord, thank you so much for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey there, this is Pastor Joe with Calvary San Juan. I hope you were blessed by our time together in God's Word. And if you'd like to hear more of our teaching from the teaching ministry of Calvary San Juan, you can go to our website at calvarysanjuan.com or you can search for us on iTunes or Spotify. Just look for Calvary Church San Juan Island. On Sunday mornings, we stream our services live on Facebook and of course on our website at calvarysanjuan.com. On Facebook, you can search for us by looking up Calvary San Juan, all caps live, Calvary San Juan live. And if you ever find yourself in Friday Harbor on a Sunday morning, you can worship with us in person at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. here on the San Juan Islands. God bless you and have a great day in the Lord.